The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Praise God forevermore. Help me greet your neighbor, celebrate your neighbor, appreciate your neighbor to your left and to your right. You can give them a Bluetooth high five or a fist bump or something. Come on, appreciate your neighbor. Tell them how good they're looking and welcome them to church this morning. Glory, glory be to God. We kicked off a new teaching series in the first service today. We themed it Radical Harvesters. And we're just continuing in the discourse we've been having about reaping your harvest. The word of the Lord has come to us. Every single one of us, you are in a time of harvest. By harvest, we are talking about miracles, blessings, breakthroughs, increase, promotion, any good gift and every good gift you can imagine that God has ordained for your life, for you to receive and to enjoy for such a time as this. Hallelujah. And um, specifically, we want to talk about the faith that you need to lay hold on that harvest. Faith for the miraculous. Praise God. I want to quickly define what we mean by the word radical. Um, there are many ways people use that word, and it probably connotes different things to different people. But these are the four major things we are picking from the word and the way the word is applied. And you can look this up in your dictionary. First and foremost, it means fundamental. Fundamental, getting to the roots or the origins or the foundations or the core of a thing. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to mention a few things here. I took time to really lay this foundation in the first service. Again, I'm going to encourage you, do your best to listen to the message in the service you don't, you don't attend. If you missed the midweek service last Wednesday, do your best to listen again because we are just continuing in these teachings, looking at it from different angles and different perspectives. So when we say you're a radical harvester, we are telling you that harvesting, receiving your harvest, receiving your miracles, receiving your blessings from God is fundamental to you. It's at the core of who you are. As a believer, if you are that kind of Christian that you are ignorant about the harvest that God has for you, you are not doing what you need to do to receive your harvest, um, you are going to miss out on a lot. Jesus said in the parable of the sower that if you do not understand the principles he was teaching in that parable about how the sower sows a seed and eventually reaps a harvest, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, he said, how can you understand the kingdom of God? How can you understand anything else in the system of God? That's what he meant by the kingdom of God. So harvesting and being a harvester is fundamental to us as believers. It's at the core of who we are. We can't afford to be ignorant of this. And I'm telling you, church, at this time, 
God is looking for believers that are radical harvesters. Can I hear a loud amen? You recognize that God has something for you. I love Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. Please put up that verse for us. Jeremiah 33, 3. He said, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know of. I have great and mighty things in store for you, your harvest, your miracles, your breakthrough. You don't know about it. But in the place of prayer, this is why we've said prayer is one of your major sickles. Prayer and fasting. When you begin to call on God and engage God on the prayer altar, he will begin to reveal these things to you and ultimately help you to harvest them. But it has to be something that is fundamental to you. Second concept or second definition of the word is being thorough. When we say you are radical, we are saying you are being thorough. You are not just a surface person. There are too many surface and shallow Christians. No thoroughness, no depth. Going to the extreme. You go the extra mile. That's why sometimes when we fast, and when we pray, we mingle fasting with it. We go the extra mile. I was telling Pastor Leia as we were taking the confession, but this confession is long ago. Sometimes you need a thorough and a long confession. And you declare it, you look at, wow, this is happening to me. I am finishing 2021. We are called drawing gradually towards the end of the year. In a few weeks, we are going to step into the ember months. And I'm telling you all these things we are teaching you about your harvest and reaping your harvest and gathering your harvest. It will empower you not only to finish this year well, but to enjoy the rest of your days on the earth. But you've got to be thorough. You've got to go the extra mile, make sacrifices. That's what it means to be radical. It also means to be drastic. And I'm sure this is a very common use of the word. When you say someone has radical ideas, radical change. Being radical is being drastic. And many of us were in that place in your life. You need to do something drastic. If you don't do something drastic about your finances... Going forward, the next few weeks and months may be very tough for some of us. You need to be radical. And that means doing something drastic so you can receive the harvest of finances God has for you. And a fourth definition or meaning of that word is that it is vital. When you say something is radical, it's vital, it's cardinal. Jesus, in that sense, is radical to us as Christians. He is the cornerstone of our faith. You remove Jesus from the, the faith of the Christian, there's no faith anymore. It's, he is cardinal to us. And I'm telling you this morning, gathering in your harvest, receiving your harvest, walking in your breakthrough, your blessings from God, it is cardinal to your work as a Christian. Look, if you go about month after month, year after year, season after season, no harvest, no testimony, no breakthrough, sooner or later you will not enjoy your Christian work again. It's cardinal, it's vital, and it is profound. Praise God. So one major thing we thought about is the sequels we need. And I just want to mention this. I took some time to also go in, into this in the first service. But put up the list of the sequels again. These are the things we've mentioned already. You need to program these things into your life. 
and ensure that they are working in your life so that you can reap the harvest that God has brought for you. I've given up seven of them already. Fasting and praying. Why don't some people see harvest? Is it that there's no harvest or there's no blessing? No. It's because they are not prayerful. Take it from me. I'm telling you. I've been doing this Christianity thing for almost 30 years now. Some people, they are, the, the failure can be traced to the place of prayer. And it boils down to you not having a fervent prayer life. And that's why we pray every day in this church. Two corporate prayer meetings. 6 a.m. in the morning, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And you can always go back on demand to pray with myself at 6 a.m., Dr. K, 1 p.m. Cover for your prayer life. And from time to time, fast. Let me take a moment to emphasize that. Go on a personal fast. Thank God for the corporate fast we do in church. Take a day. No breakfast, no lunch. And you focus on God. You spend time in God's word. You spend time meditating on God's word. All these things we are sharing and all this we are telling you, press into it with fasting. Jesus taught that certain things cannot open this kind. They won't go out without prayer and fasting. Gratitude and thanksgiving. Let me just quickly run through them. Soul winning. Very important. Um, stewardship. Serving God, serving other people. Seed sowing. Communion. We talked about that last week. All these things, when you learn to bring them into your life, live them as a lifestyle, program them, understand how it works, they will help you to reap the harvest. Take what God has done for you. Enjoy the benefits that God has brought into your life. Can somebody say a loud amen to that? And this is the one we want to look at today. And this week, this is the sequel we're emphasizing, faith. And faith is so vital because all the other things we are talking about, if you don't do them in faith and by faith, they will not even work. So it's possible someone is praying, but there's no faith in his prayer. It's possible someone is serving or someone is giving God thanks, but he's not doing it by faith. Faith is so vital for the Christian work. In fact, the Bible calls Christianity the faith. You will not see anywhere in the Bible where they call Christianity the thanksgiving or the fast or the prayer. But it's called the faith. It's that fundamental to our Christian work. Hallelujah. And what I'm doing today is to show you how your faith can get you the results you need to get. Let me emphasize this again for the opteenth time. Perhaps for someone that has not yet gotten this message into their spirit. There is a massive harvest for you. There is a massive harvest at this time. There is a massive harvest for you. Just in between the service, someone just came to share a testimony with Pastor Indah. She just got a new job with increase in her pay and better benefits and things like that. There is a massive harvest for you. I, I touched on this quite some in the midweek service. And we looked at different characters of, of the Bible, particularly people that were going through different difficult times. And it's so interesting that in those difficult times, we looked at Job. We looked at um, 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 Isaac in a time of famine. There was a harvest ahead of them, even though they were going through challenges. Praise God. 
You've got to be absolutely convinced about that. You need to learn how to get up every day of your life. Wow, there's a miracle ahead of me today. There's a testimony I can receive from God today. Get up at the beginning of another week. We are starting a new week. Wow, something good is about to happen to me today. God is good. God is kind. I have never seen his kind. Expecting something good to happen. Glory be to God. And learn how to approach this season. All these things we are teaching you, all these sequels we are giving you, is to help you to learn how to approach this season differently. Approach the days and the weeks and the months ahead of you. Very, don't do it like you've done the past. Particularly if you want to enjoy harvest you've never enjoyed before. Approach it differently. Same old truths. Prayer has been there forever. Fasting has been there forever. We've taught these things over and over again. Gratitude and thanksgiving. Serving God. Same old truths, but a fresh application. You tweak the application. You change something in your approach. Praise God. They are not going to change the Bible tomorrow. But you better change how you live out the Bible in your life. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty three will forever be marked. They can write as many translations as they want. The truth that is communicated there will remain the same. But your application must be different. Hallelujah. Now hear this very well this morning. This is a word for somebody here. Again, establishing or buttressing on something I mentioned during the midweek service. I can know the size of your harvest. Hear me and hear me very well. I can know the size of your harvest by just observing the size of your challenges and your difficulty. Some people are like, ah, I have this big problem. That means there's nothing happening for me. Another perspective is that, wow, you have that big problem. Man, that means something great is about to happen to you. Blessed be the day, hear me very well, the day your landlord comes to you. One of our pastors is going through that in their church. The pastor, came, the landlord came and said, I want to sell my land. And I need you guys to give me hundred and something million naira in the next few weeks. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> you have been renting for too long. You know, if you have a hundred million naira bill to pay in a few weeks, how many of you understand that that is a challenge? But how do you see it? Is it a good challenge or a bad challenge? Talk to me, somebody. I can know the extent of your harvest or the size of your harvest by knowing the size of your challenge. Man, blessed be you if you have a hundred million naira challenge. Ah, you people are not getting what I'm saying this morning. That means if you can have the right perspective from God, there is a hundred million plus provision harvest for you somewhere in your life. Oh, hallelujah. That's what you see. Not, not everybody has this perspective. So God told me to give it to you fresh this morning. Hey, doctors came to tell you you are going to die by this time tomorrow and all that. That means there is a miracle of healing for you bigger than that problem. If you learn to see life this way, I know the size of your harvest by seeing the size of your challenges. That's what the Bible teaches us. It's just that many people have not developed this attitude to life. I called the Bible and said, you better be very happy. That means there's a breakthrough for your church. So you, you are going to raise that money. 
God is not going to. You see, God cannot leave you out cold. Has God ever abandoned you in the time of your battle? Many people are the ones that draw away from God. God never abandons us. So I encourage you, we will get the money, don't worry. And that means we will get more than what we need. Hallelujah. God is just promoting you. You have rented enough. It's time to be the owner of the land. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 again. That's what this scripture is saying. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. No temptation has overtaken you. 100 million naira temptation. It has not overtaken you. It's such as is common to man. There are many people that are paying 100 million naira bills every day. You are not the first person. Calm down, my friend. Look at our neighbor and tell him, be calming down. Be calming down. Be calming down. 100 million naira may be shaking you, but it doesn't shake God. That's why we've told you we are believing God for one billion naira in this church. See, that's the best way to live. You better start using your faith before the problem shows up. Thank God, if you have a head start, there is no temptation that has covered, but such as has come on to man. But God is faithful. Can somebody shout at the top of their voice, God is faithful? Shout louder, my God is faithful. And listen to this mystery of God. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. For that hundred million naira challenge to come. For that negative medical report to come. That means God has a solution or a harvest bigger than that problem for you. That's what he says here. Look at the next words. But... With the temptation, the hundred million naira bill, he will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear the temptation. The problem with most Christians is they don't know how to harvest the provision God has made in their life. So the bill is there, but the harvest is missing. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. You've got to learn to reap your harvest before the bill comes. God, look, for God to allow the landlord to come and tell you, pay me 200 million naira, 100 million, whatever, in the next weeks. And for God not to have made the provision for you, that means God is not a faithful God. That means God has left you out in the cold. That means God has left you on your own. Remember what we talked about last week, you're never alone. But that's not God. That's not God. And what we have to learn to do is to walk with God. Many people don't walk with God. And the best way to walk with God is to walk by faith. Hebrews 11.6. You walk with God by faith. So that as the challenges come, as the difficulties come, you can also reap the harvest that God has provided for you. There is no problem that does not come with a solution. Satan may bring the problem or be the actor of the problem, but bless God, you always have an answer in God. And God will always provide the solution for you. Hallelujah. So I'm teaching you what you need to be doing with your faith. That's what we are learning. If faith is going to be the sequel, that I'm going to use to reap the harvest that God has provided for me in my hour of temptation, I better know how to use my faith. And like I said on Wednesday, you must have robust faith. 
the midweek service on Wednesday, I talked about four things your faith should be doing. Today in the service, I'm talking about four things again your faith should be doing. We discussed one in the first service. Your faith should be fed. Many people have not fed their faith. Not that they don't have faith, but it's not fed. They have not taken time to keep hearing and hearing the word of God. So you need to be doing that because of time. Let me go on. Second service here. Look at the next thing your faith must be doing. Or the kind of faith you should have. Or how to use your faith. How to live by faith. How to walk in faith. You need what I call flourishing faith. Let me hear somebody shout flourishing faith. I'm putting all the qualities or the adjectives I'm using in F. So it will help somebody remember. You need fed faith. Number two, you need flourishing faith. What do I mean by that? A faith that is growing. A faith that is abounding. The pastor was telling me, hey, pastor, you know, in fact, I remember she was sharing with their congregation, this church that I'm saying now, they have to pay. We have, let me say we have to pay because we are one. And God will help us. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Now, to move into that property and rent that property was a step of faith. And I remember she was saying it then, hey, I remember when we were going to do this project to move into this place. We didn't think we could do it. But look at this, we've done it now. Now, to own the property, there's faith to lease because it was a lease that they had. There's faith to lease. And what should have happened and what should be happening is that you're, 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 you are renting before. Now you are renting, you are paying just once, once a year. Lease, you, you, are, you are leasing for five years in advance. Now you want to buy. Your faith will have grown out of faith of renting to faith to lease, to faith to own. That's how you do faith. It will grow. That's how God designed it. The problem with many of us is our faith in 2021 August, it's still as it was in 2000, July. Ah, 2000 is, okay, let me help somebody. 2010. <laughs> or maybe 2015. 2020, Papa, is dangerous. They say inflation rate in Nigeria is 20%. If your faith has not grown by at least 20%, that means ultimately you won't be able to reap a financial increase of 20%. You are poorer by 20%. Praise God. Some of us don't think this way. You need a faith that grows. Hallelujah. That's why you should be excited when the pastor comes and says, we are believing God for one billion naira. This is, we are, we are, what are we trying to do? We want to grow our faith. And you grow faith like a seed. I'm, I'm sure we get into that in this teaching. Praise God. And, 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 and you, you look at what the way Jesus talked to people. Let's start from Mark chapter 6. Help me look at a neighbor this morning and say, grow your faith. Grow your faith. Wag your finger at that neighbor. Grow your faith. Who? Grow your faith. Look at another neighbor this morning and say, do you know your faith can grow? You know your faith can grow? So, Mark 6, let's read from verse 5. And I'm sure you know this story. Jesus came to his hometown. And they were saying, do all the things we had you were doing in all these other cities, now that you're in your hometown. And verse 5 tells us he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few people, a few sick people. 
Verse 6, he marveled at their unbelief. In other words, there was no faith there. The miracles were available. How do we know the miracles were available? Because the miracle worker was available. Mighty works, mighty testimonies were available. But they could not be harvested. Why? The people were walking in unbelief. And that is the least level of faith we find in scriptures. Particularly for God's people. These people were God's people. They were people that grew up in Jesus' hometown. But rather than, look, let me tell you the simple truth. Look at me. There is nothing like no faith in that sense. Everybody has faith. That's what the Bible tells us. God gives every man, Romans chapter 12, the measure of faith. You can't exist if you don't believe something. And the easiest way to prove to you that you have faith is what you are doing now. You are sitting in a chair. You are putting all your weight in that chair because you, you, you trust or you believe that chair will support you. That is faith in a chair. It's called natural faith. So you really have faith. The only question is, can you put your faith in the promise of God like you can put your faith in a chair? Hallelujah. When the Bible tells us here that they were in unbelief, is that they didn't want to believe what Jesus was saying about himself. It was a choice. And because of that, even though the miracles were available, even though Jesus was available, nothing could happen. But you can grow from there. Sometimes people are living in unbelief, maybe because of what they went through, maybe because of a disappointment. They have come to a point where they now trust in negative things or have more confidence in negative things happening to them than positive things happening for them. Somebody said that will not be my story in Jesus' name. Matthew 8.26 Jesus told them, let us go to the other side and a storm came up and they were afraid and then in verse 26 he got up and he rebuked them he said to them, why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith. They had faith quite alright at least they had enough faith to go and call on Jesus. The people in his hometown would not even have called on Jesus. <laughs> But this one, at least, Jesus, come and help us. But Jesus rebuked and said, you know, you have little faith. It's better than no faith in that sense, what we call no faith. It's better than unbelief. And look at what accompanies little faith. So he said to them, why are you fearful? If you are in that place where you are afraid, your fear seems to be taking more control of your heart and your mind. You are doing your best. You can't shake it off, but you can't shake it off. The reason is your faith is at a low level. And the solution for all of them are the same. Put up that Mark chapter 5, that we just, Mark chapter 6 that we read earlier on. And look at verse 6. Look at the solution. When Jesus, the Bible told us Jesus marveled at their unbelief, look at what the Bible said Jesus kept doing. Then he went about the villages in a circuit, teaching. What you need to do when you sense that you are in unbelief, all this thing Pastor T is saying about harvest, I don't seem to believe it. You need to sit down and feed yourself with the word of God. Sit down and be taught the word of God. 
hear the word of God. After a while, you will begin to believe it for yourself. And when you begin to believe it for yourself, you will be able to reap what God has in store for you. There is no human being on the face of this earth. And there is no child of God on the face of this earth. And there is no member of this church that God doesn't have something good in store for you in the days and the weeks ahead. But not everybody believes that. And the answer is to be taught the word of God like we are doing this morning. Praise God forevermore. There's no. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and an expected end. So you must learn to get up there. Wow. God has a plan for me today. And know what to do to reap and to experience that plan. All these things we are teaching. And you do them in faith. And when you sense it's, you are more or less believing that something bad will happen or something will not happen or only negative will happen or you are afraid. Don't try to fight the faith in your strength. Get the word of God. Hear it and be taught the word of God. You will just find the fear and the unbelief will dissipate. And confidence will take its place. We close the first service by talking about the woman in Mark chapter 6. The woman with the issue of blood. And the Bible told us a secret. She heard about Jesus. And she said within herself. She had heard that Jesus heals the sick. And she had gone to a point where she believed it. He will heal my sickness. Twelve years have come and gone. I have spent all my money on doctors. I didn't get better. I have gone to every physician in town. I didn't get better. But this Jesus that they are talking about, that is healing the sick, that is passing by, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will harvest my miracle. And that's exactly what happened. She only heard or she kept hearing about him. And she believed it. Faith comes by hearing. Glory be to God. So what level are you on? No faith. Not expecting any miracle. Not expecting any restoration. Not expecting Jesus to do anything mighty in your life. Or little faith. Okay, you're expecting something, but hmm, I, know, I know my life. When it's about to happen, cut out to the miracle will come, something bad will just happen. You are living in fear. Go and feed on the word. Look at the third level your faith can grow to. I call this one normal faith. From no faith to little faith to normal faith. You see that in Luke 17, 6. All these are the teachings of Jesus. The Lord, so the Lord said, if you have faith, you can put normal in a bracket. Look, this is what will happen if you are in faith. If you have no faith, you will be in unbelief. You can, you can assess where you are, the level of your faith. If you have little faith, you will be in fear. If you have faith, you will say to this mulberry tree, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and it will obey you. Be pulled up from the roots, be planted in the sea, it will obey you. So I can know who has, this is normal, there's nothing exceptional about this. What are you saying? 
What are you speaking? This is why we teach you confession every Sunday in this church. What are you declaring with your mouth? If you have faith, you will say, Hallelujah. We can gauge the level of everybody's faith. And everybody can grow their faith. The person with no faith can grow to little faith. Sit down and be taught. The person with little faith can grow to normal faith. Begin to speak. Begin to speak. My week is blessed. My day is blessed. I am prospering. I am moving forward. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Speak things you want to see according to the word of God. If you have normal faith, you will say, Glory be to God. We having the same spirit of faith. We believe and therefore we speak. According to how it is written. But Jesus didn't stop there. He told us about great faith. And this is where everybody should aspire to get to. Grow your faith to this level. And you will see the sign. How does great faith look like? Look at it. Matthew 8 and verse 10. When Jesus heard of it. This is the story of the centurion. Again, we are familiar with the story. Jesus came to town and he came to meet him and said, my servant is sick. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He said, no, speak the word only. My servant will be healed. When he said that, verse 10, Jesus responded and he said to him, Jesus marveled. The Bible said, can you imagine that? At unbelief, he marveled. At great faith, he marveled. Two extremes of the spectrum. He was shocked. Eh, so there are people like this here. You mean you believe in me that much? I don't have to come with you. Ah, the other guy, we have to do three nights night vigil. Before I could even start believing that I can heal his headache. You, yes, he marveled and said to everybody around, assuredly I say to you, I have not found great faith, such great faith. So this is another level. You don't need any oil. Nothing wrong with oil. You don't need um, end communion. You don't need let us go and bat for you in the beach. You don't need laying on of hands. You don't need laying on great faith. Where what God said, I believe it. Praise God. And look at it. This is why you should aspire for great faith. Matthew 15, 28. Another example of someone that had great faith. The Syrophoenician woman. Again, we are familiar with her story. Her daughter had been possessed with a demon. And she kept coming to Jesus, come and heal my child. Jesus turned to her and said, we cannot give dogs the bread of children. The woman responded with wisdom, which Jesus translated as faith. She said, give us. Even the dogs can eat the crumbs that fall from the table of the children. When she said that, verse 28 of Matthew 15, Jesus answered and said to her, oh woman, great is your faith. And this is what I want you to say about great faith. And we are talking about reaping your harvest. Look at what great faith will deliver for you. Let it be to you as you desire. Some people don't have things as they desire. Some people have what they don't want. Some people have what they want but it's not in good measure. See, look, he gave us all the marks. When you are in unbelief, you will not believe anything Jesus has said about himself. When you are in little faith, you will be afraid. You are believing, you know, but hey, will it happen, will it not happen? When you are in normal faith, you will speak. So if you are not speaking, no, you are not in normal faith. 
And when you are in great faith, things will be happening as you want it. Hallelujah. And the growth trajectory is very simple. You feed on the word. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think or desire. So the ability of God is not in question. The miracle is available. The harvest is available. The miracle worker is there. Somebody needs a faith that can reap that miracle. And you grow faith. Really, that's when you're living in faith. And may you have grown faith for your hundred million before the landlord tells you to come and pay for it. Somebody should take that like my mother would say in your left hand so you won't use it to eat ever. Experience is good though, but better other people's experience. Build your house before the storm comes. Build your faith. Hallelujah. Rise on your feet. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk to you about functioning faith. I don't want to get into that because of time this morning. That's another thing you need to do with your faith. You need fed faith. You need flourishing faith. And then you need functioning faith. Somebody say functioning faith. In other words, faith that I'm sending on errand. Today, protect my family. Today, get me my finances. At the same time. The parable Jesus told was in Luke 17 because of time. I want us to pray for a few minutes. But I want you to have this concept at the back of your mind. We'll pick it from here next Sunday. Jesus said if you have a servant, even if the servant has gone to the field and walked and the servant comes back home, he was teaching them about faith. He said, Will you tell, when your servant comes home, you tell your servant, sit down and put your feet up. Won't you say, servant, go and make my water. I want to take a bath. Go and cook my dinner. I want to eat. Go and lay my bed. Go and clean my room. Then after the servant has done all that, you can now retire the servant. That's what to do with your faith. You send your faith protection. Like I was saying on Wednesday, some people have faith for attack, but no faith for defense. So they scored four, five points, but Satan stole ten goals from them. Your faith is not functioning well. You don't win a match by just scoring goals. You need to score goals to win, but bless God, you need to have to defense. So there are times where you pray Psalm 91 like no man's business. No devil is coming near my family this week. And as that faith is functioning and protecting you from attack of the enemy, you are faith, go and get my finances. School fees is coming. Abby, when is school resuming? You send your faith to pay school fees. House rent is due two months from now. You send your faith for house rent. Hey, promotion time is coming at work. You release your faith for promotion. Hey, we want to go on vacation at the end of the year. You release your faith for favor for the vacation. Functioning faith that is working in every area. You need to live a holy life, faith, to come against every wall of the devil. You use your faith like a servant. Praise God. Doing a thousand and one things. That's how you reap. The same God that can provide for your finances can protect your family, can make you fruitful, can promote you on your job, can open doors for you, but all of them you must use your faith. Lift your hands this afternoon or this morning. One prayer we're going to pray in this service. One prayer. Say it. Projection, let me type it. I didn't give it to you. It just came to my spirit. Say this. My faith is walking now. I want you to declare that and begin to pray it. My faith is walking. Everybody has faith. Oh. 
Everybody has faith. And your faith can work for your finances, for your protection, for your healing, for your children, for every aspect of your life. So declare, my faith is working now. My faith is working now. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.